This is Franciscan Voice, finding God's voice among us. It began with this feeling of wanting to fly from mediocrity. Hi, this is Brother Nicholas Romeo, and you're listening to The Friable Friar, a series from the Franciscan Friars Conventual focused on the critical Catholic question of vocational discernment. Throughout this second season, we listen to real friars tell the tales of their vocations. My name is Brother Tim Blanchard. I grew up in Albany, upstate New York. Uh, now a conventional Franciscan friar for five and a half years, uh, going on six. I just finished my studies at Catholic University, and I am moving to Toronto for my fraternal apostolic year. Uh, vocation story. I always started by saying it began with this feeling of wanting to fly from mediocrity. I never wanted that mundane office job, that white collar job. Um, and it was a desire of mine that carried me through to my ambitions. So I began with music. I got really good at piano, uh, really serious with saxophone. I wanted to start recording, uh, find some kind of band, do something like that. My uncle actually played with Wynton Marcellus, so uh, he handed his saxophone over to me when he retired. Um, but that kind of reached uh, a dead end. And so from there, I moved on to this beginner Air Force program. I was always thinking about the military. My grandfather was in the Korean War. So I tried that out, hit another dead end. Okay. So um, from there, I moved to uh, the culinary arts. My mother's Italian. My dad is French. So I have these great cuisines, uh, both sides of my family. And I uh, started into restaurant businesses, uh, was doing food runs, food prep, did a lot of um, sous chef positions as well. Love business, loved it. But it wasn't going anywhere for me. And I just, there was this constant um, thought of who can give you more? That same voice that God had asked Francis, um, who can give you more? And I was, again, I was just reaching this den. I was exhausted. I, I couldn't find anything. So, um, when that all changed, our our priest at our parish there, when he retired, the man who took his position was a conventional Franciscan. So I remember walking into the sacristy and introducing myself, and he immediately could see that my face was weary. He immediately knew that I was just exhausted. And after Mass, he approached me and he said, are you in discernment? And I said, some kind of discernment, yeah. And uh, so he says, okay, well, why don't you come this weekend to Syracuse? We're having a bit of a discernment retreat, and I think you really benefit from it. So I said, not happening, but thank you. <laughs> it was not the direction I wanted to take. So, um, so I just continued on, you know, working at the restaurant, and I came back uh, Friday night from work. And my mother said, uh, oh, Father Matthew called. He's going to pick you up tomorrow for the weekend retreat. And the first thing was uh, common prayer in the chapel of the Friars. I walked in there, I sat down. I had never prayed the office before, so that was a totally different language for me. So sat down, the friars were reciting the Psalms, and I just remember this profound sense of peace that came over me and an answer to my question of who can give you more. And it was God. It was prayer. And I just remember feeling satisfied. And I never forgot that. 
uh, and to this day, my favorite part of the day is coming together in common prayer. Um, it was a language I didn't understand, but a language that was calling out to me. So um, from there, uh, I, I didn't give it a second thought. I felt at home. Uh, I felt God's presence there. And I started praying. Uh, I was never one to pray on my own. It was always in a communal setting. So I started personal prayer and just this whole understanding of who I was and where God wanted me to be just came into focus. So I applied, uh, I mean, just without hesitation and uh, being accepted was one of the most exciting days of my life. The day before I was supposed to take off a postulancy, uh, I remember getting cold feet. I was like, heck no, I can't do this. Uh, I spoke with my sister and like, I, I can't do this. There's, there's no way I'm going to be able to make it through. And she's like, yeah, no, of course you can. You can't do that. Like, that that's all him. <laughs> and I took a step back. I was like, yeah, no, that's exactly it. That's right. And so I think in religious life for myself, I'm constantly being challenged to cast my net on the other side, to allow myself to be transformed by Christ so that I may be a fisher of, of people. Um, but it's, it's definitely strengthened that communal prayer, as I was talking about. And I know I've worked with a lot of guys uh, in youth groups on campus who have that same, I need, I need this to be satisfied, but you know, I, I don't think this religious life is, is for that. And I often tell them, I said, you know, you really got to sit with your fears. I think that's like a discerning point that I, I try to give out is to sit with those fears because that is the number one message of Christ is be not afraid. I mean, I think he understood how disabling that is. And so jumping in, uh, or jumping away from that uh, mediocrity is entering into those fears and facing those fears and allowing Christ to fulfill you. Uh, and so it's always been a challenge of, oh gosh, what's next? You know, the unknown. Am I going to catch anything today? You know, uh, what's the challenge? But um, it's, it's the brothers who have helped me through prayer uh, through good example, to remind myself that Christ is the one uh, who will relieve me of all those fears, and he's the only one who knows what I'm supposed to be doing. Our postulancy was in Chicago. Um, I think that was the farthest I had ever traveled at that time, so that was uh, really terrifying. But it's a strange experience. I mean, um, so postulancy is about you know, living with the friars, experiencing uh, what it's like to be in ministry and in a very busy community. Uh, and it introduces you, of course, to uh, a lot of the Francis, well, excuse me, Franciscan sources, the foundation of who Francis you know, was and is for us today. Um, but also starting to forge those small uh, understanding of how do I live in community? Because up until that point, it was really just you know, living on my own. So uh, it introduces you to how this works. You know, what are the foundational pillars that create community and keep it intact? Um, and so that's what postulancy does. You also jump into a lot of ministry, uh, a lot of service uh, to God's people, because um, it's not all just about studies. Uh, and it was a good portion of your formation where you're in the academics and it seems like that's all you're, you're doing. But postulancy introduces you to that, uh, that active role Franciscans take in uh, fulfilling the mission of the church 
uh, bringing souls to Christ. So we were very busy with ministry. I remember it being really intense. It was a lot of praying at first. You're praying five times a day. And I was, again, I told you I was the one who had never prayed unless it was in a communal aspect. So whether it was at my uh, my youth group, at my parish, or with my family. So now I'm being, being told I had to pray on my own. I mean, it was it was a lot of responsibility. And so at first it felt like homework. But at the end, it was, um, no, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. Novitiate is a very secluded year. You're away from friends, you're away from family, um, you're not allowed to use the internet, computer, um, and that's even more of a shock. Uh, so you've, up until that point, created a, a foundation of what it means to live in community, and now it's to concretely take that prayer life and put it into action. And so, uh, this novitiate experience is about prayer. It's about more intensive studies of the Franciscan history. And it's not so much about ministry, but again, it's about uh, learning where Christ has begun inside of you, uh, where he's leading you. Again, that thing that I mentioned is that Christ is the only one who knows who you're going to become. And so that's a very foundational point in, in novitiate. Um, so it was it was difficult not being able to reach out to family often. We had uh, Sundays where we could use the computer for an hour, and that was about it. So you had to make the most of your time. Uh, so a lot of emails, a lot of downloading music to carry me through the week. Um, but after a while, you just you settle in, and you you're really attracted to that silence because it's a very calm year in a sense. Uh, you re you're really not allowed to leave the premises uh, unless uh, you know, special permission, but you don't really want to. It's, um, I don't know, there's this rest inside of you that happens. That Christ has finally grabbed hold of you and wants to start molding you. Post-novitiate then moves quite the opposite direction. Then you jump into the academics. You jump back into ministry life. Uh, back into your social groups uh, on campus, uh, into extracurricular activities, and it's just this explosion after novitiate. It's exciting. It's it's overwhelming, but it's it's like good to be back. <laughs> so you've you've carried these tools with you, and now it's time to use them. It's time to implement them. Uh, and I just remember being so confused. I didn't even know when to do laundry in post novitiate. <laughs> I just like. I couldn't put a schedule together for myself because I had been given one, but now I have to craft my own because you got to balance again, you know, your academics and, and your ministry life. Um, but it's an excitement. You're going towards something. Honesty is, is really helpful in discernment. You know, um, the longest journey you may have heard is from the head to the heart. I believe that. And so it's it's being honest with what you're feeling during that time, verbalizing, you know, those feelings, speaking with friends about it, you know, surround yourself with good people uh, who know you, who understand your your ambitions uh, and who are not afraid to tell you, I think you're wrong or, you know, I think you really should take this opportunity. Um, so I would say that, you know, confront your fears and then also parallel that with uh, taking time in silence, taking time to know Christ in a personal level uh, so that 
you come to understand that he is the only one who knows uh, what is set before you, you know, where you're supposed to be going. So, and to not be afraid to set out into the deep, you know, I think when that we confront our fears and we take that time in silence to understand who Christ is in our life and how he's, he's working, uh, that we're ready to set out into the deep. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our website to discover other episodes at franciscanvoice.org.